Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Happy February 12th. This is our weekly edition of Drive Through HR. And uh, we're happy to be here in February. This is, uh, I'm Robin Schooling here with uh, Mike Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Hey, Robin. Happy Tuesday back to you. <laughs> it's, uh, what's it's the, those, uh, what's it's, the agenda for Valentine's week? Anything? Uh, I've got a board meeting. Chocolate? So I'm, yeah, <laughs> chocolate or or maybe some chocolate-flavored mixed drink after the board meeting's over or something like that. So, Ooh, I, don't know. I like that. Yeah. So, I, I like anyway, that. I, uh, so, I I plan to wait until maybe February 15th and, um, and then go to the various assorted, you know, grocery stores or Walgreens or something and get the discount. Valentine's candy that'll be half the three quarters percent off. That's my yeah, plan. Yeah, and and we we may or may not have a government shutdown that day as well. Still seems to be yeah, in the true. air. So yeah, uh, yeah that's hopefully, true. Hopefully not, since some of the people that are out there still haven't got paid from what I'm reading in the press. It's a long time to have to wait for back wages. But anyway, we should probably introduce our guests, huh? <laughs> we should introduce our guest. Let's let's welcome our guest. Our guest is a. Uh, a returning guest, although it's been uh, quite a few years, I think, since he's been um, been on the airwaves here at Drive Through. So, welcome to Chris Fields. Hello, Chris. Hey, Robin. How are you guys doing? I, we're, I'm doing great, Chris. You know, I mean, all things considered, no, <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of a crazy world right now, and we're, I'm surviving. So that's that's the truth. Not that I'm great, but how, how about you? Well, let me just say this. Um, thank you for having me back on the show. It's been too long. It's been many years. And, in fact, I'll be honest, I, I thought the drive-thru was not on anymore. So uh, <laughs> to, see you guys, <laughs> to see that you guys are keeping it going is nice. And I want to remind people that this is the original HR podcast. Like, this is the one it's, that everybody wanted to be on. Yeah. So, it's, anyways, this, um, this, it's this it's is the a, one it's a long time. So yeah. I, I'm just really there, happy that you're alive yeah. and that you still have a presence out there and uh to be back is exciting. You know, I co hosted and hosted back in the day and so uh I have a big respect for what you guys do, so thanks for having me back on the show. You're, you're, we're we're glad to have you here. You've got probably got some stuff to talk about. The other the other show that I always should get a shout out with drive through of course is H R Happy Hour, which is different, but they kinda they took different paths, but they ran together, but uh, mm-hmm. and they're still around as well. I, I just wanted to share with you, Robin, I was at the, 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 TT, the TD2, TDN2K Global Best Practices Conference a couple weeks ago. That's Joni Doolin yep. and Amanda Height and all those folks. And Jamie Griffin, who was on the show, came up, and we were talking about uh, a little while ago, and we were talking about drive through and he, he, he mentioned, you know, I didn't even know that HR acuity was a thing until you guys did a show about it. And and it, even though that's small, it yeah, it's kind of like we're still connecting HR professionals with others and in a different way, and it's hard to measure, but but that's still happening with the show. So I was, I kind of got a kick out of that. So Chris, um, 
sorry, I'm I'm cutting into your time, man. Let's let's talk about your world and so tell people about Chris Fields and the Resume Crusade to start with. All right. Well, um, predominantly now people know me as a resume writer. I've rebrand, rebranded from the first time I've been on the show to Resume Crusade. So that started in 2012, and um, just helping some people out, as you guys put in the uh, description here. But 2013 is when I actually launched the business. And so it's been six years, uh, and it's been Damn. a very interesting ride. Yeah, and it's gone. I said the same thing. I'm like, has it really been Whoa. six years? But it has been. Um, you know, I, I was very nervous about being branded a resume writer. I thought I wouldn't get opportunities to do things, but uh, it's been the opposite. Um, my career has gone in different ways. I've been able to do stuff that I would have never gotten a chance to do. And I've learned a lot, and I keep learning a lot from, you know, being a resume writer. So um, I actually enjoy it. I know it sounds weird. It's not, you know, not just about the money, you know, because, you know, I'm not a millionaire, but uh <laughs> It's not just about the money. It's really about learning and helping. And I tell people that of all the things I've done in HR, this is the only job where every day somebody contacts me, I have a chance to make their their life better. And yeah. that's what HR yeah. should be about. Well, and I, you know, yeah, I yeah. remember having the conversations when you when you were really launching it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you were still doing some HR. Cons- traditional if you will hr hr consulting and things like that and and you started doing this as a as a side gig to some degree yeah. and um you know one of the things that i think made you unique amongst kind of your your now your peers your you know the other resume mm-hmm. writers that that are around is coming from that hr background and knowing a little bit more about what what an, an HR gatekeeper is going to look like, look at in a resume, what a hiring manager is going to look at in a resume, right. um, you know that that was like a different, you know, mindset I think to bring in right. compared to a lot of those your competitors. Things, it was all those things, and it was also the fact that you know when I first returned to Memphis from getting my degree from Ohio State. You know, I thought I was going to have whatever job I wanted, and it turned out not to be that way. So I was a job seeker, and I was listening to the advice of all the so-called experts. I was spending six to eight hours a day looking for jobs, applying and tweaking my resume, and I realized that you really go crazy when you do that. Like, <laughs> though, that advice is not the best advice. I do think you have to put some elbow grease into it. I do think you have to dedicate some time to uh, looking for work, but I don't think it's like they've they've said and things have changed you know we're going to talk about changes but you know when i yep. started this uh fresh off of the reception recession and and the recession was still kind of going on so the job seeker at that point was really unemployed trying to find an opportunity and so there was a, a higher sense of desperation now that the economy is doing better the job seeker mentality has changed automation has changed so the, it's not that same sense of urgency for most people that I work with, but every once in a while I'll get that person who is in that desperate situation. So it's a very, you know, interesting and complex thing. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about people who said resume is dead. You know, you got to be careful wishing death on the resume because, one, yeah. uh, if you have people like Elon Musk saying that we're, we're using a gaming system now, a gaming gamification recruiting process, not everybody wants to do that. Uh, some other areas of the country, they may use um, 
different techniques, social media, uh, blogging and talking and comments and things like that to, to source for talent. But by and large, the resume is still the king. And, you know, yeah. if you think about it, when you watch a show, like a sports show or something, the first thing they say, you know, what does Joe Buck say? I'm sitting next to the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. He's running down his resume. I mean, people want yeah. to know what you've done and what you've accomplished in the, in the, in the world. So um, the resume is not dead. It's just the way we use it. And when you see that people are not putting energy into it or effort into it, it looks dead. And then, you know, people also – equate being able to write a resume to intelligence. Like I hear people say, well, I went to school. I can write a resume. I mean, yeah, but it's not a term paper, right? It's different. It's a different document, and it's meant for different things. So you have to think about that. And the one thing that I can say universally is most people are too close to it, so they either don't put the right things on there or they put too much of the wrong things on there. Mm So -hmm. they're not dead at all. Mm Mm-hmm. I um I have always uh you know and and up until 4 months ago I was working you know in a different organization and so a lot of my applicants my candidates <clears throat> the job seekers I were dealing with um I didn't have people I most of my applicants didn't even have a resume um mm-hmm. I was still working with people that were struggling to fill out an an application you know, kind of old school yeah. online applications, but still applications. And so whenever I hear over the years when I've heard this conversation, oh, the resume is dead, the resume is dead. Um, no, it's not, because there are still a mm-hmm. huge chunk of people that if they had a resume, that would be a game changer for them. There's still people that yeah. struggle to put together that sort of very basic kind of entree marketing document for their job search. So it, it it's most assuredly not dead. Um, and there's still a lot of people that need that help. Exactly. Two of my favorite stories from just last year is uh, one lady, uh, she went from making 45 grand to 95 grand. And mm. it, she didn't get another degree or anything like that. It was just her resume was not impressive. And so you now we fixed it up. And, and, and to her credit, she did a lot of, like she was particular. She didn't just take, the first thing that came along, which is another thing a lot of people do. She took her time. She searched. She um, had got to come up with a, you know, use an executive search firm, and, you know, it paid off for her. So I think the whole process is an investment. But when you, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough or fortunate enough to help a lot of people who make a decent salary make an even better salary or who yeah. uh, have all the skills necessary to get a good job but had been getting them to get those jobs. So, those are the things that lets me know resumes aren't dead. And for those who want them to die, you know, good luck. I mean, whatever comes next will still need to be updated. So I'll figure out what that is and adjust if I'm still doing it at that time as well. But uh, it's not dead. It's still going. And, and I still enjoy it. I learn a lot. A lot of work being done in this in this country, in this world, that yeah. uh, I think most people don't really realize unless you have to get out and, and either recruit or do something universally where you understand the type of vast work that's going on uh, across the yeah. globe. So does the tight labor market, uh, this just occurred to me as we as I was listening to you, Chris, does the tight labor market help you with resume business or is it, because I, I guess, is, is business better now or was it better a few years ago when it, when it wasn't quite so 2.3% unemployment or whatever the number actually is? Yeah, yeah, I understand because I was looking at those things too and, 
things start to improve, I thought, well, maybe, you know, business would slow down. I'm I'm not sure. And, and so here's what I mean. I, I did some analysis a few years ago. Somebody kind of questioned me on some things. So I started paying attention to those sorts of things. Um, it's really unpredictable because I thought when we had high unemployment, I would be busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much. I had a few come through and that sort of thing. Then I thought when it when it got better that I would not be very busy at all. But, you know, it still managed to be a nice flow of business. And it has, you know, it has its, I have seasons. Like I know during the holiday season, things drop off, and then they usually pick up around the middle of January, around this time when tax season is coming back and people are getting a little more money, or people are fed up and ready to, to uh, get a new job. And then spring is also a good time because, you know, the fresh air, the newness, everybody's like, you know what, it's time for me to move on. So I've noticed some seasonal stuff that goes on with what I do, but I haven't really seen a difference depending on the unemployment rate. And I think the biggest thing is because even if you have a job, you want a better job. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. You did a resume for me. I had, I didn't have a resume for a while and, and then you did one for me when I was, I I didn't, I wasn't really looking for jobs, but I needed a resume because I was going to after a specific job and your it was a great process that you put me through and and the resume was successful and i think over the based on that i probably referred a number of potential clients to you yes, um, you is that where you get most of your, where you get most of your business word of mouth or or is are other things i know we're we'll get to the other questions yep. here in just a minute i'm just meandering through sure. the path of how chris makes money <laughs> no problem no problem well first of all thank you for you know being a client and it's time to up upgrade that so we need to talk offline yeah. but anyway so uh, <laughs> so yes a referrals is, is probably my number one i also have a relationship locally with a executive uh, search firm uh here locally and they do a great job of sending things my way and then also i cannot uh underestimate my friend torrent ellis he had a book a couple of years ago ripped the resume and i still mm-hmm. get people from that book to this day like just last week Somebody uh, reached out to me, and I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't familiar. They didn't say how. So I asked them, they said, page 89, Torrin Ellison's ripped the runaway. I was like, ripped the resume, excuse me. Book. And I said, okay. So, yeah, mostly referrals and then just some of the different things that's out there. People catch me on and, um, and follow up with me. I love it. I love it. Well, let me do a word about the halfway mark already. So I'm going to do a quick reset. Um, we're talking with Chris Fields. Um and uh, talking about <laughs> resumes and job search and all of the things that he does in his day-to-day and his business, um, thanks to our drive through HR sponsor, Q. So um, we appreciate their support of the show. But as we continue our conversation here, I want to want to go off off track a little bit, and certainly into topics that are related to what we're talking about. It's 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 the workplace, it's job seeking, it's what people experience in their lives, which impacts how they work, how we work, how everybody works together. Because um, I know there, there, there are things that, that you see with your clients, and, and you know, I think sometimes you're probably like a, probably like a confessional when they come and, and talk to you about, about their career change. But what are some of the challenges that, that you're seeing or that you're hearing about Chris in 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 the workplace it, with people looking for jobs how are how are some of the isms affecting mm-hmm. 
affects people? Racism, sexism, ageism. Right. Right. Great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, so the biggest, the biggest thing I get is actually ageism. Uh, everyone is everyone is concerned about being, you know, tagged as an old person or too old to compete. And um, you know, there's some there's certain things on a resume you can do to minimize that. But that's the big concern I get from from both men and women is, is ageism. Um, and then the next one is um, you know fighting pay equality. You know, there are a lot of talented mm. individuals. Specifically, there are a lot of talented women. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I did some some soft analysis on some stuff, and women are my biggest client base, and they tend to have, on average, two degrees. Men tend to have one or maybe some college. Um, I can tell you that I work with women who've had three, four, even a couple with five degrees. Um, mm. And as I think about men, the most degreed man, man that I've ever worked with had three degrees. Um, usually, like I said, men have one or two and women have multiple. And then women usually have all the certifications they need and they still can't get to that level either uh, title-wise or pay-wise that Mm. they know that they deserve. And so, like you mentioned, uh, probably you you said being a confessional, I'm nosy too. I like to ask questions (laughs) like, you know, why are you hiring me? What's brought you to hiring somebody? You know, I want to know because, one, it helps me craft a resume and also understand my client's needs, but also just for me to understand, like, you know, I'm just like you guys. I read all this stuff that comes out about the job search and what you should do and all. And my thing is, does that job or what's really happening? And and 80% of the time it doesn't. You know, I read all these tweets yeah. and articles about resumes as well, and for the most part they're not telling you anything new. Every once in a while somebody will put out something, and those are the ones you'll see me retweet. If you see me retweet somebody else's resume something, is because I read it and I felt like they are touching something that I didn't think about or that is really happening. But for yeah. the most part, it's the same old stuff. So that's another reason why people wanted to die because, you know, they it's boring. But anyway, going back to the ism, so, you know, one of the greatest things is, is trying to understand and, and listen to women because some of the women challenge me and they'll tell me like look I don't want to say that on my resume I don't want to put the words open to or serves as and things like that and I'm like Mm. okay I get it you know what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. they'll tell me like what they want to do and then I'll have women who use that language I said well we need to get rid of this because if you want to be a director or a manager we need to talk like a director or a manager and so it's a great uh, mentoring and reverse mentoring relationship sometimes too because you know I'm a guy who tries to check his masculinity when I need to you know, when, yeah. I, when, some, when a woman is telling me something that they're having an issue with in the job market, I try not to say, well, all you got to do is this. I hate that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Michelle yep. Obama said about me and that, I can't, we don't curse on this show, do we? Oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. do. Oh, okay, well, okay. So mm-hmm. Michelle said last time, that shit don't always work sometimes. And it doesn't. Right. So I try not to tell people, I try to tell people, well, all you got to do is this. I try to listen, and then if I, I feel like there's something that they're missing, I try to explain why I think this might be something good to try. But I definitely try to listen and incorporate that. So, you know, ageism is big. Uh, pay quality is big. You know, I have yeah. people who have ethnic names, and we talk about that. I've had women say, well, you know, their name is Christy or Christine. Should I just call myself Chris? And I'm like, well, you know, when you go for the interview, they're going to they're gonna know either way. So I'm not a big fan of, of trying to pass or disguise something. I understand it, and I know why 
I know why people do it, and I understand it. In some cases, it may work, but I feel like you got to be yourself. And yeah. it, it, at some point, if you're afraid that if you go on an interview, they're going to discriminate against you because you got gray hair, or because you're too fat, or too black, or too white, or too whatever. When you go in an interview, they're going to see you for who you are anyway. So my thing is, if you're going to discriminate against me, do it early. Don't waste my time. <laughs> let me live. Live. Let me live my life, and yeah. You know, if you're going to do it. If you're going to discriminate against me because I'm a big black guy, then you should know that up front so I don't have to come down there and we don't have to sit there and waste each other's time and go through an awkward <laughs> interview. But I had, I've had, you know, I had somebody tell me last year that, that uh, they were really desperate to get away from their company because their boss basically told them, I don't want you to hire anybody that's too ugly, too dark, hair is not kept, if they look a certain way. And, and this, is, this is amazing. This is what this person would do, this, this manager. He would schedule an interview with him and this recruiter and when they would see the person coming into the building if that person didn't look like somebody he wanted to hire he would get up and leave the room and that was the signal Ugh. to the recruiter to go ahead and handle the the interview but that yeah. person's not going to get hired it's wow. just a shame so and that's why i have a problem with the skills gap because do it are there some problems out there sure but if we stop discriminating over mind over um, stupid things like age and race and names and things like that, you may find that there's a little more talent out there than what you're giving credit yeah. to. So yeah. that's another problem. I know, but, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's, um, you know, what are, what are one of the groups, and, and we um, didn't even necessarily highlight the fact that we were going to talk about, but one of the, the groups I want to talk about is the group that you've, um, brought together and that you're continuing to work with, which is the performance I create um, whoop, whoop. blogging group. Pick uh, the defiant yeah. ones. I love that tagline. I'm sitting yeah. here. I have a pick. I have a pick um, oh. coffee mug still here on my desk. So um, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that group because um, you know it's one of the very few. Uh, talk about long running things. It's a long running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, aggregate group, you know, blog, yeah. HR blog, um, and yeah. you guys tackle some some meaty issues. Um, yeah. So thank you again like, for uh, like bringing it. We're talking about. Well, thank you again for bringing that up. Performance I create. Um, it's been around for since like 2011, and it was first owned by Chris Ponder. And you know, mm-hmm. Chris started to lose the passion for it and offered it to me and, and said, "Hey, you want to take this thing over?" And I thought it was something there, so um, I did. And then I actually got kind of frustrated with it at one point too. And um, but but what I got frustrated, what I realized is what I got frustrated with was trying to motivate people to write. Like that's the worst part mm-hmm. of it is trying to motivate people to write. So what I did was I looked at some people who I admired and saw the stuff that they were already talking about on Facebook and Twitter. And I reached out mm-hmm. to them because I knew they were great writers because I've seen it, and I knew a lot of these people personally. So I reached out to them and said, hey, will you just take these thoughts that you have and put them in a blog format and roll with me on Performance I Create 2.0? And, yeah. and luckily they did. So we got people like Heather Bussing, Heather Kinsey, Tim Gardner, Dave Ryan. And Dave is the longest – Dave and Melissa yeah. Fairman are the longest tenured – I call them content creators now – um, on the on the blog on the on the website, we also have uh, Fadelia Johnson, 
Um, we have Latanya Wilkins, uh, um, oh, Torin Ellis. You know, he will drop some stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm forgetting somebody, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for it mm-hmm. later on. I'm trying to Rayanne gives us content here and there. So some really great people with a lot of experiences to talk about, right? So the thing I just tell everybody is write what you're passionate about. You know, that way I don't have to motivate you. Write what's on your mind, you know. And then sometimes I'll nudge them and say, hey, that thing that you talked about on Twitter, that'd be a great article. You know, that'd be, yeah. I'd like to hear more of your thoughts in the article format. But what I really love, especially if you look at what's been going on over the last year and a half, two years, they are opening up about their experiences. Dave just wrote a fantastic yes. article about ageism, you know, confronting age. For, for, for a white man, when you turn 50 and 60 and start getting gray hair, ageism is usually your first brush with discrimination. Yeah. Really had it like that. So he wrote a fantastic piece about that, which I just love. Tim Gardner just wrote a piece about how he could have done more in his, you know, younger days when he was growing up or coming up through the corporate ranks, which I thought was a brilliant spin on what's going on. So, you know, these writers have talked about things from like divorce and abortions and, and mental health and, LBGT, you know, Latanya Wilkins is part of that community. So I'm just so honored that they allow me to mm-hmm. post that content. And, you know, I used to want the limelight. I used to want the the banners all over the blog and to get a check coming in from somebody, but it didn't happen. <laughs> and then <laughs> it didn't happen. But then I realized that I'm glad it didn't happen because, one, no one can tell us what to write about. I, I try really. I don't really edit the folks at all. I let them talk about whatever they talk about, and that's not. You don't have that a lot nowadays. You know, you always got somebody yeah. telling you, "Well, we can't talk about this, or we can't talk about that." These guys are free, truly free to write about whatever. And you know, I, I just I, I love the resource that it is out there, and um, you know, I don't know. I, I I really am enjoying it a lot more lately. We we almost out of time, guys. Four minutes. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Chris, um, so what, yeah, we're we're down to a couple minutes. Let me let me ask you a, a, a quick question before we got to sign off. Um, but Chris, one of the um, you know other other things that you've um, worked with over the years, um, you know that our that our friend Sarah started with Black Blogs Matter. Um, you know, this is a time of year, February, when we when we celebrate. We talk about Black History Month. We talk about the the impact that um, you know uh, people mm-hmm. have made to this country. What what are some things that you're doing in February, or you know, how do you look at this time of year? Well, I have some good friends and I, that that post Black History facts um, all throughout the month. And I learn new things that way. I pay attention to the Black Blogs Matter to see what's going on with those with that thought line as well. And I contribute um, on that. But by and large, you know, for a while with Black History Month, I kind of thought, well, you know, people are tired of talking about that. But as you see, as we all see what continues to go on, we have to keep talking about it. Because if we don't, we forget. And then I also think that when you do um, embrace black history, it humanizes us, and so maybe, you know, people don't treat us so uh, bad, you know, and hopefully 
you know, as we're seeing, you know, the repeated calls to black to on black people for doing mundane things, the abuse, the things that just seem so ridiculous, the teachers bringing nooses to schools, the the fire chief saying, not fire, the police chief in Pittsburgh, I think it's Pittsburgh, I got an article in uh, Portland, Portland, saying that uh, if you see a homeless black person, just shoot them. When we see these things, hopefully people will start saying, hey, these are human beings too. And as for yeah. you know, black people being shot and killed and all this sort of, I want to say this. A lot of times, just before you say, well, what did the person do? Ask yourself, whatever they did, do they deserve death for it? And that's what I had to, that's what I had to get to. Like, yeah. okay, so this person was doing this. Okay, but does that mean they deserve to be shot and killed, or do they deserve to have uh, a jury of their peers uh, decide? Yeah. So when you think about that, you really start to see a difference there. But um, let's try not to be tired of black history. Let's look at what's going on with it because we – and look, it's not just – to educate white people. I learn a lot too when I read the, these different articles and things about different people that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. I try to consider myself a pretty learned person when it comes to black history. I've been black for 46 years now, so late. But, uh, <laughs> but I still learn something new, and I think that, that we all can learn yep. something new and maybe just humanize each other just a little bit more. Hey, Chris, Love it. Love it. This is an important conversation, but we have one minute left. Tell people where they can find you. I made it easy. Resume Crusade, just about everywhere. ResumeCrusade.com for my website, at Resume Crusade on Twitter, Resume Crusade on Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn is uh, Christopher Field, uh, MLHR, Master's Labor Human Resources. And you can just find me really easy. Awesome. Love Thanks it. for being on the show. We should have gone Thanks longer. for having me back. <laughs> hey, maybe we can do a part two. Hey, I'm, I'm down. There maybe we go. So. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. (laughs) Bye.